um, we are up to uh, the second paragraph on page six. And we're really talking about honesty in, in business and honesty in terms of other people's money. In fact, all that the Holy One blessed be he desires is honesty. As it states, the eternal safeguards the honest. And it says in Isaiah, open the gates and let the righteous nation enter. They have awaited trustingly. And it also says in Psalms, my eyes are towards the trustworthy of the land that they may dwell with me. And then in addition, in Jeremiah, it says, surely your eyes are towards those who are faithful. And so it's critical to recognize that it's not just about being a man of your word. It's also about the fact that Hashem is going to, one of the, the things that Hashem most desires is honesty. And in truth, when we talk about Hashem, we know that the seal of God, right? The seal of God himself is honesty, is MS and truth. So of course, that would be something that he desires in his creations. Even Eov, Job, said about himself, have my feet turned from the path? Has my heart walked after my eyes? And has anything adhered to my hand? Regard the beauty of this metaphor in which unintended theft is likened to something that adheres to a person's hand. Although originally he had no intention of taking it and it adhered by itself, ultimately it is in his hand, right? So in other words, what begins with is, you might have completely unintentional, but what happens is once you already have the item in your hand, it gets a lot harder to get rid of that item and to return it to its rightful owner. So that's how careful we have to be in ensuring we're never taking anything that does not belong to us. The same is true for cleanliness. Although a person does not actually go out and steal, it is difficult for his hands to be entirely clean of theft. This is because the eyes influence the heart to find justification for what seems pleasant and attractive. When in truth, the heart should be ruling over the eyes to prevent them from finding gratification in what belongs to others. Right? This is what the, the Rambam famously explains. There's a dispute between the Rambam and Rashi how to explain the verse in Shema. It says, You shall not go after your heart and should not go after your eyes. Right? And there's a question, when we say going after your eyes, what are we referring to? Are we referring to uh, Abodazara, so idol worship? Are we referring to um, promiscuity? Are we referring to anything at all that you see with your eyes and you desire it? And then once you see with your eyes, then all of a sudden your heart desires it. And before you know it, you actually end up doing that. So the heart, the seat of the, the heart should be stopping your eyes from looking at things that don't belong to you before you develop that desire for someone else's items. With this in mind, Job states that he did not succumb to that. His heart did not follow his eyes, and consequently, nothing adhered to his hands. Okay, so now he's going to go for the fascinating idea about um, business practices, right? So in terms of advertising, right? So Madison Avenue is all about trying to sell you on something that you don't really need and convince you that really you do need it. So he's going to now eviscerate that practice, right? Which is what most of us are trying to do, if you're in the world of business, what you're trying to do is sell someone something and convince them that they need it when they don't really need it. Take a look at the matter of fraud and observe how easy it is for a person to be enticed and to succumb to it. For while it may appear worthwhile to a person to make his goods appear more attractive to people and to profit by the labor of his own hands and to be persuasive when speaking to the buyer and to justify these practices by saying, a vigorous person profits, and the hand of the diligent prospers. These are sayings of our sages. Right? 
And it's true. It, that is exactly what they say, that if you're diligent, you'll prosper. If you work very hard, you're going to make money. However, you also have to make sure that you're doing this in a way that is proper and correct. He would be wise to assess his conduct carefully and frequently. For otherwise, in the place of wheat will grow rare. So this is in Job. And it tells us that you might have planted wheat, but Hashem ultimately is going to decide whether or not you're going to make money, right? So the, the point of this is to say, you can work really, really, really hard. And we always know we're going to put in our efforts and then we're going to wait for Hashem to actually give us what we're, what we're, you know, what we're putting that effort in to receive. However, we have to recognize that we're doing this in the correct path. Because if we do it in the incorrect path, we'll do the best that we can, but we're not going to get what we think we're supposed to be getting because we're not doing it properly. He will violate and succumb to the transgression of fraud the Torah has forbidden us. And no man may abuse his fellow man. So this is actually referring to a couple of different elements. The, the verse in the Torah tells us, and no man may abuse his fellow man. It's a verse in Leviticus. But we understand that this teaches us multiple facets are included amongst this uh, prohibition. So one of them is that you should not charge more than a sixth above what the market rate is for that item. A little hard to define what market rate is, right? Especially in today's day and age. But if there would be a set price for a specific item, and as a seller, you decide to sell it for more than 18% higher than what that set price is without notifying the prospective buyers that you're charging far more than the person down the block, you would be in violation of this Torah prohibition of overcharging, okay? Another thing that we learn out from that verse is, our sages of blessed memory have said, in, in the Talmud, in Chulin, that it is prohibited to deceive even a non-Jew. You're not even allowed to deceive a non-Jew to get them to do something for you that they would not really want to do, if not for your deception. And it has already been stated explicitly in scripture, the remnant of Israel should do no iniquity, nor speak falsely, nor should there be found in their mouths a deceiving tongue. Now, here's another element that they derive from the same verse in the Torah. Not only can you not overcharge someone, there's another aspect too that you're not allowed to do derived from the same verse. He also said, one must not beautify old utensils to make them appear new, right? So what do you do? You take a car that was in a car accident and you, you take it to the body shop and you make it look brand new. And the guy comes and he doesn't check the car facts and he thinks he's buying a brand new car. Completely forbidden to do this, right? And if someone does this, he's a, he's a, he's a godly, right? And I'm saying he, he's, a, he's a robber if this is what he's doing. And it's, it's not just the robber, but it's also prohibited on a Torah level based on this verse. Another thing that we learned from that same verse, one may not mix grain from one field with grain from another field, even if all of it is fresh. The Talmud spends, I can think offhand, three different places in the Talmud that we talk about this topic, which is you're not allowed to mix together grain from one field with grain from another field. Why not? Because you're going to bring the, the person the barrel and you say, look at this beautiful grain. And the, the top of the barrel, indeed, is beautiful. It's green from this field. It's green from this year. But if they would have dug a little deeper into the barrel, they would have seen that there's a different type of green underneath it, right? So that itself is, is forbidden on a total level. But what we're trying to illustrate here is all these different business practices that most people would say, that's normal business practices. In America, we would say, caveat emptor, right? Buyer beware. But what the Torah tells us, these are prohib prohibitions on a total level to take money from someone else in a deceptive fashion. Now, 
you're not allowed to mix it, even if all of the green is fresh. One may not mix fresh green with older green, even if its value, the fresh green, is a dinar for every sub. And even though it, the older green, is of greater value, nevertheless, one may not mix them and sell them even at the lower price of a dinar for every sub. So to explain that case. So you have older green that's more valuable than the fresher green, right? And the reason for that is, is that some people actually prefer older grain because once it's been stored for a while, it's, it's better for, um, for using right now. Whereas fresh grain, you still have to store it before you can use it. Some people prefer the fresh, the old grain, some people prefer the new grain. Now, but in truth, the new grain and a market value is actually less than the old grain. So let's say you cover your old grain, a barrel full of old grain, you put a layer on top of new grain. And then you say, I'm gonna charge you the cheaper price for the entire barrel. You might say, that's totally okay. I'm charging him a cheaper price. He's ending up winning, right? He's going to end up getting more for his money. But the Talmud says completely forbidden because what you did is you lied to the other person. You falsely represented what this item was. And that's forbidden on a Torah level. For all who do these things, all who act fraudulently are designated by five descriptions. Iniquitous, hated, abominable, excommunicated, despicable. Right? So we've been discussing the past couple of days how the Torah tells us in so many different ways in so many different places the importance of being extra careful and extra stringent with someone else's money. And that's why it tells us in all these different contexts. It doesn't just say once, you're not allowed to steal and let us figure out the rest. It says you're not allowed to steal. You're not allowed to fraud. You're not allowed to be deceptive. You're not allowed to charge ribbis, you know, interest. There's so many different elements where the Torah is trying to make it clear how important it is to never take money from someone else that you don't deserve. And the reason why the Torah needs to tell us this in so many different ways is because the desire to do this is so open in all of us. And it's a very powerful desire. And even after we've conquered most other desires, we still have this desire. And once again, it doesn't necessarily mean to actually take something away from someone without asking at all and take something away that you're going to flat out lie and flat out steal. But it means the normative business practice. It's not a big deal. Everybody else does the same thing. That is also something that is forbidden, and we have to annihilate that desire to have someone else's property and someone else's money that we have to annihilate from our heart. And this is part of what the virtue of cleanliness of Nikias, that is what is going to focus on.